0: We live in this society that success is perpetuated externally. Mm -hmm. What we have, how much money we have, how many people are working for us, what corporate ladder we're climbing, all of these things, Mm -hmm. like what car we're, you know, it's just external stuff that really doesn't matter. Right. But what does matter is when you can find that success inside and you're driven from that internal fulfillment. Yeah. And that's where I stopped at 32 and I said, no more external success.
1: Alyssa Rosenhack is an internationally renowned photographer, speaker, author, stylist, and cancer survivor. Known for her crisp and intentional style, Alyssa has carved a space for herself in both the photography and interiors world by pioneering a new business model. As the founder of the New Southern Movement, Alyssa's mission is to inspire others to live courageously in their light every day and to lean wholeheartedly into the creativity by highlighting those in and from the South, creating work that unites, inspires, and empowers. Powers. The New Southern is focused on community, creativity, and connection. It also takes on print form with the debut of Alyssa's first book, due out next year, fall of 2020. Aside from the book and the blog, Alyssa's work appears in the world's leading publications like Architectural Digest, El Decor, Domino, Country Living, Traditional Home, HDTV Magazine, and Lux Interiors and Design. This conversation was pure, full of heart full of tears and full of transformation. I cannot wait for you to hear it. Have you subscribed to the influencer podcast and given us a review yet? Well, if not, you know that I want to see those reviews and highlight them in an upcoming episode. Make sure to screenshot this episode today on your phone and tag me and Alyssa and hashtag the influencer podcast. I think that you guys are going to connect to this episode as much as I did, and I cannot wait to hear what you think about it. Make sure to meet us over on our incredible Facebook group after this episode ends and let us know more about your takeaways. Head to facebook.com slash groups slash the Influencer Podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. I am always... Melissa. Hi, Julie.
0: I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so grateful to be sitting across from
1: you in the house. (laughs) It's so fun. I've been doing more of these in person lately just because I've been given the opportunity to do so. And it's been really fun.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Well,
1: you are just such an incredible powerhouse of a human being and a woman that just defines what it means to survive to overcome, to surrender, to really just step in, you know, achievement comes into play. And I actually like that word because I'm just an achievement based person, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times that can sound superficial, but I don't mean it that way. I mean, you are, you are someone that has just stepped in personally and professionally to really achieving beautiful things and then being able to kind of surrender to what's next. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. I want to talk about that. I want to, if you want to share a little bit about, you know, your, your journey.
0: Yeah. Well, you say achievement and you say stepping in. And I feel like when our behaviors really align with our intentions and our purpose, that's when real change happens. And I have not always been on this creative entrepreneur path. And my life has been very much a series of changes and pivots. And I really believe that the universe redirects you on your path. Mm -hmm. And it actually came in the form of cancer for me. And I'm grateful for that experience because that's when I really stopped and listened and started to pay attention. And that didn't come really until I was in my um, early 30s. And so going back, my life was really driven from a place, I think of fear. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked off of this and we all have certain experiences that define us. And I grew up in a pretty chaotic home. And so I naturally gravitated towards stability and safety after my fundamental years. And so I went into the corporate world wanting to survive and make something of myself and prove something to, you know, me and everybody around me. And so I, um, led with that and I worked for two fortune 100 companies. Prior to that, I, um, was a secretary, you know, getting a really good business experience Mm -hmm. and it was humbling, but it really introduced me to what the world had to offer. And, a plat of humbling platform to really look into, you know, what I can do and what I didn't want to do. Yeah. And it was, you know, I was getting coffee and placing newspapers on my boss's leather top desks, you know, and I sat in the middle of this organization behind the really thick glass doors,
1: you know? Right. <laughs> and, and did that make you feel safe? Like going back, thinking about that, that idea of, you know, the chaotic upbringing and just to going now into this glass kind of, you know, a
0: new ceiling maybe. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like this, this just new glass, like bubble in a way.
0: Um, did it make me feel safe? It made me feel like I had structure, but I wanted to break beyond those barriers, you know? And, but it was a good starting point. Um, I went to college on a tennis scholarship And it was something that I really valued because I wouldn't have had the opportunity to go to college otherwise financially. And afterwards I needed to work. And so this was my first foot in the door. And it taught me that I could wear many different hats and thrive in that Mm -hmm. and still want more. Yeah. And it was a starting point. And I think everybody needs a humbling starting point. I made no money, (laughs) you know. Um, But I learned and I was, you know... People asked like how high to jump and I was like there and I wanted to absorb all the information and knowledge and really understood and really understand, you know, a foundation of what it takes to run a business and observe that. I wasn't the one making those business decisions at that point, but it was humbling and you have to, you have to start somewhere. And that was a really good point for me. So I did that for about, um, a little over a year. And then I really did that to gain experience. And it, I started out as a secretary and I slowly worked my way up to a marketing coordinator, which introduced me to, you know, writing copy. And, um, I was exposed to my first media buy, which -hmm. was really cool. And I then knew I wanted to go bigger into business. And I interviewed with my first fortune 100 company, 3M and I went into industrial manufacturing and 3M is a global company. They are a blue chip stock company. Um, they make those like at, at, at post. They're yes. known for the post. Post-it, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but this was, I am so grateful for this company because they invest almost a quarter of a million dollars in each new hire. Wow. And they go through a very rigorous um, training program and interview program and, I really felt like this was an environment where I could spread my entrepreneurial wings. I learned so much. And this is one of the first environments where where I really learned value. And I had my hand on so many different modalities of business from manufacturing to distribution centers and i was in plant facilities and it was my job to go in and observe bottlenecks and help reduce those bottlenecks mm-hmm. and help prove an roi with the equipment we were implementing in those mm-hmm. plants and this was an invaluable experience but then um the market crashed yeah <laughs> 2008 and 2009 and i have this wicked sense of sensitivity to my surroundings mm. And I think a lot of it also was the way I grew up. You know, I grew up in that chaos. And mm-hmm. so I knew instability, I felt it. And I also did my due diligence in this industry, reading The Economist and The Wall Street Journal and understanding how different countries and different modalities were affecting our mode of business too mm-hmm. in this country. And I just felt that instability.
1: For sponsoring the
0: show, and so I started interviewing with another company, Mm -hmm. another Fortune 100 company. um, Before severe layoffs happened Mm. with 3M, that totally would have affected me. Yeah, and so I got a job with another household name Mm -hmm. in uh, medical device spine consulting sales. Mm -hmm. So this was also incredible because it was a clinical environment and. After college, I did a post-bacc pre-med program because I wanted to be a surgeon and the medical school loans were just too risky for yeah. me. And so, I felt like finally, you know, this right. is an environment that I could thrive in and that stimulated me and I worked with brilliant minds, but this environment came with a really big expense. Um, I didn't take a vacation for 6 years. Oh wow. I was consulting with neurosurgeons and orthopedic spine surgeons. And it was my responsibility to teach them new technology, new clinical data. Um, I was also in the operating room from anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a day. I was a workhorse. Um, I was one of the only females in the country doing what I was doing as well. And it was lucrative, which was really important to me because again, as a young single woman, um, I was dating at the time, (laughs) but you know, as a young woman, not having family financial support or a man supporting me, you know, it was really important to be financially independent and this allowed that, Yeah. but it came at such a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, being one of the few women in the country doing this, It was my goal to be hired for my knowledge and not the way I looked, Mm -hmm. be hired for my value and my service and my devotion to making sure the surgeon, the surgical team had everything available to them, plans A, B, and C. Yeah, And it was my life. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a vacation for six years. And then again, I think you know, the universe really has a way of intervening Mm -hmm. and redirecting us on our path. And professionally, it did through a very personal circumstance, which was cancer for me.
1: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about
0: that experience. So I have always been a very healthy, energetic person and I had thyroid cancer. And the way personally, I haven't really gone into this that much, but When I moved back to Nashville for the medical device sales job, Mm -hmm. it then took me, um, about four years into it to Chicago. But prior to that, I had met my husband, Mm -hmm. my, we were dating, we met at a bar and, um, we were dating and we got engaged and I called off our wedding (laughs) (laughs) and I moved to Chicago and I was like, peace. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. And why do you think you did that? timing The timing was not right. I was funding our life. Mm. Um, I was putting him through residency Mm -hmm. at the time. Yep. And I was also paying for our wedding. Mm. And I cracked. And I just said, this is not what it's supposed to be like. This does not feel right. And I'm really intuitive. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm out. And so I left. (laughs) I ran. Yeah. (laughs) Right away bread. Um, but there was a really great opportunity in Chicago and I wanted it and I thought it was going to be a really great fresh start. And I'm glad I took that opportunity because, you know, it's led me to where I am today, mm-hmm. sitting across from you, yeah. you know, and having a life really living from a place of love. Mm. And that brings me to this point, you know, our choices, if we can reduce them to two options. Are we making this choice out of love or are we making this choice out of fear? Mm -hmm. And now looking back, I know that my twenties and early thirties were really made out of fear. This, you know, lack based mentality and this surviving and this very stressful environment that was all very fearful for me. And that some of it was a little ego driven in terms of, wanting to reach arbitrary levels of success in the corporate world and being very financially motivated because I didn't have that growing up Mm -hmm. and I wanted that stability instead of recentering myself and coming from a place of believing in myself Mm -hmm. and not having to prove myself externally. Right. And so Ben and I, we dated, we fell in love, we got engaged. I called off our wedding. I moved to Chicago for a really great opportunity. And then we took a full year, a little over a year apart, and he called me. I'll never forget it. I was standing in my living room. He called me and he said, you know, Alyssa, you may be with somebody else. (laughs) And I did. I dated somebody else. And he said, "Um, everything that you had told me up until, you know, you left was true. And you saved my life by leaving. Mm. And he was in a really rigorous training program and... Um, and I think it made him look within and it really brought him back to his purpose and what he wanted in life. And he said, you know, if you're happy, I want to support your happiness. Yeah. And if there's an opportunity for us to get back together, I also want to support that. And I said, yes, you're my lobster. I love, (laughs) Yeah. I miss you. (laughs) And, um, we did. So we spent, The last part of me being in Chicago that last year, Mm -hmm. doing on and off and Mm -hmm. having a long distance, you know, getting to know you and dating. And towards the end of that, I was in Franklin, Tennessee, having dinner with him Mm -hmm. over Candlelit, you know, and he looked across the table and he said, Alyssa, you have a tumor growing out of your neck. And Ben is a very gentle, calm human. Yeah. He's not one to have really high emotional lows or highs, you know, he's very even keeled. And I was like, what? No. Yeah. Like what? (laughs) Huh? Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. And he does. I mean, he's a brilliant head and neck
1: cancer surgeon. Yeah. I mean, that's his specialty. Yeah. He's going to know a tumor out of the neck. I
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. And I treated, I was like, you are not a surgeon. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm stubborn, you know? Yeah. And he was right. And, um, that was a gift because it really made me stop and evaluate everything I was doing. Mm. And I wasn't happy. I mean, it really took me by surprise. And I think whenever you hear that, we then followed it up with a test, a biopsy. Mm-hmm. I had cancer and I stopped. And that was the first time I was 32. That was the first time I held space in my heart and connected wow. to my heart and really evaluated what I wanted my purpose to be, what I wanted my life to look like, and I get emotional. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but from that point on, my life has been from a place of love and community and service, and it birthed. Um, that was also, uh, that was also the first time I really embraced my creativity. Which was my healing catharsis through cancer. Yeah, which is so like, we're now, we're both
1: crying. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's so much there because it's like, you know, one thing that, you know, the fact that you, even though the 20s, it was chaos and it was coming from that place of lack and of scarcity and of fear and just, you know, trying to kind of get that external validation, you still, really honored that process
0: and what it, what it, how it kind of brought you here. I don't want to apologize for that process. I wouldn't take that process back because I wouldn't know. Success comes in two forms. I think we live in this society that success is perpetuated externally. Mm -hmm. What we have, how much money we have, how many people are working for us, what corporate ladder we're climbing, all of these things, Mm -hmm. like what car we're, you know, it's just external stuff that really, right doesn't matter. Right. But what does matter is when you can find that success inside and you're driven from that internal fulfillment. Yeah. And that's where I stopped at 32 and I said no more external success. i had invested in my first piece of real estate in Chicago. I had all of these things that Mm -hmm. from the outside looking in, I was blessed and grateful and I never took it for one second you know, I didn't lessen that, but I was empty inside yeah. and I wasn't living my authentic life. And I didn't know what it was like to step into your light and step into your purpose and step into your fullness and your intention and your truth and embrace your story. Mm. Cause for so long, I think I'd been running away from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of like, it can come in many forms for you. It came in the yeah. form of this cancer, cancer yeah. of like, you can't run away from this anymore. Yeah. You can't push this down. No, We're literally trying to get out of you, you know? So Um, life
0: works for us. Yeah. It doesn't work against us. It works for us. And I think we have to open our eyes. And I know that sounds so daunting sometimes when you're in the nine to five Mm -hmm. or you are a single mom or you don't have... Your ideal set of circumstances Mm -hmm. or your environment's not reflecting what's going on inside. And so often we wait for that external environment to then change inside. And no, no, that is not how change happens. You have to make the changes from within for then it to reflect outside in your external environment.
1: Yeah. And I want to talk about how that manifested for you. But first you said something that I think is so important that I want to dive into that you said that from the cancer, you were able to Find your creativity yeah. and find your creative passion, like from this pain, yeah, you were able to actually express yourself truly. yeah, I would love to talk about that. How has pain guided you to being this you know, massive creative <laughs> I mean, you're one of the top <laughs> photographers in the country for what you do. Thanks. So it's like you're phenomenal at what you do, and Thank what you, you do is super creative and super visual and really is a reflection of who you are. Um, as a human and who you're, you know, what, how you're, it's like, kind of like your soul singing in a way. So I would love to know, like, how, how did you finally embracing the pain and surrendering to that chaos and starting to heal that? How did that allow you to really step into your creativity?
0: That's a good question. And I think we all have that. What connects us all is our, is how we experience our pain, our fears, our joys, our triumphs. Yep through those experiences. And we're doing a disservice when we don't share that. And my pain, it was my shadows, honestly. And shadows are what make light so interesting in so many ways. Um, And my pain created stillness for me. Mm. And I think that was the biggest thing. And I had never taken time to just pause. We live in a culture that doesn't reward that. And I, again, was not self-aware enough to understand that looking within is really where your power lies. And that stillness speaks to you in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And it was through me being in Chicago, I had just found out that I had cancer. I was in this incredibly male-dominated culture that didn't reward being a female or a smart, intelligent woman with wings. And I was crying in the corner of my house Mm. and it broke me down. And you have to break your walls down to then rebuild something really beautiful. And I started listening to those inner compulsions, those little heart tugs that I just didn't hear for so long. And it was, hey, Alyssa, buy a camera. And I didn't have that experience of photography in my life. Yeah. My mom comes from a very long line of artists, ironically dating back to Michelangelo. I mean, crazy artistic family, but I never thought you could make a living being an artist. Right. You it's know? Like, I don't have time to A-R-T because I've got a J-O-B. Yeah. yeah. My dad, um, always said like, do not be an artist. You, mm-hmm. the, the best thing you could do for the, you know, it's just not yeah. the thing. Yep. And, um, and I was craving that substance. My my world lacked color, and I didn't know who I was at the time. And following those inner compulsions, that little mo- those little moments of joy, um, connected me to who I who I am. It's my truth. And I did. I I went on. Um, I think it was B and H camera, mm-hmm. and I purchased my first camera, and. Before that, I started thinking, though, like, what what drives me? You know, where is my relief in life? And my mom was exposing me to art, you know, early on as a young child. And I always went back to that moment of being in a museum and, and always standing in the photography exhibit and looking and just being in awe. And that's what created stillness for me. Yeah. And so I purchased my first camera and read the manual. And that was it. And I did a couple courses, I think, on lynda.com. Yeah. And Bree Emery at the time, she was doing this blog shop class for bloggers. I wasn't a blogger. Mm-hmm. But she taught Photoshop. Yeah. And it was a two-day course. And I did that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, I think I could do this. Mm-hmm. And I started taking pictures of my condo in Chicago. Yeah. And, um... And I think when you start saying yes to yourself and you start following those little inner compulsions of joy, of passion, that's what connects you to your purpose. And when you lean into that creativity, that's a really beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And a whole new world opened up for me and the world met me with where I was. And so other opportunities then fell into place for me with that. But back to your original question, it was, it healed me through Cancer through the corporate world, through not knowing my path. And it redirected me and put me in touch with my truth and my purpose, which was a creative, loving human that wanted to help build businesses through my business, help be of service to my community. And it's brought me to this really, I mean, (laughs) dreams that I never even knew could happen. Still crying. <laughs> I'm like a professional crier. You it's know, beautiful.
1: <laughs> and um, yeah. So with with shooting, when you first started, because I love that you talk about, you know, you you just did what you could. You know, it's yeah. like you bought a camera, you found some classes online. Yeah, you took some workshops. Yeah, and then you just started shooting your condo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Was interior design or interiors? I should say. Was that something that you were always passionate about? Like, why not people or wedding or babies or so, or did you just kind of stumble into that?
0: Yeah. I have always loved architecture and design. I love clean lines. I think that's what brings me stillness. I love things that represent. You and I have that in common, know, my friend. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love clean lines. I know. Give me a simple geometry, sister. <laughs> um, I really gravitate towards things that bring me pause. Mm -hmm. And architecture has always been that for me. And at the time, I was judging the condo to sell it. Mm -hmm. And I loved styling. Yeah, I lost myself in that process. And I think when you live in a state of creation, you lose your identity, you Mm -hmm. lose that sense of ego, and you are just really present. And I think that's really important to be present with what we're doing. And that's what I try to like, you're sitting in front of me right now. You have my undivided attention. And I think when we can give that to a craft or a passion or a curiosity, mm-hmm. it's going to connect you to a deeper vision. Yeah. Of
1: it. It's going to connect you to you, to yeah.
0: your true inner self. Yeah. Just so, that moment. Yeah. So shooting, um, it started out in my home and I styled intuitively and I loved it. And um, it was a moving meditation for me. It was a form of prayer. And it's what helped me, you know, cope through the chaos. And at the time, I was listing the condo and I shot it. And the realtor, who is also a developer, and he's a dear friend of mine in Chicago, he sold it in 13 hours. Wow. You know, and it that was what perpetuated this big career now. Yeah. And speaking of <laughs> this big career. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah,
1: to sum up it, it, I guess in this moment, cause I want to talk about kind of it, the next as well. I don't know how <laughs> to best say that, but w- what is it that you have been doing since then? So, Oh,
0: I mean a lot. Yes. <laughs> but with but, the photography, I guess. So it started out shooting, teaching myself how to use a camera.
1: And you completely self-taught. I S- mean, other ta- than the workshops
0: and the little things that you self-taught. took. Yeah. And I think there's, I've talked to other people who are self-taught and sometimes they have insecurity around that. Mm-hmm. And I say, don't embrace it. Cause that's where innovation happens. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You make mistakes, expect a failure rate, expect some roadblocks. But when you believe in yourself and you have that passion and that fire in your belly and you know what you're doing feels good and it's connecting you to your heart, that's when really incredible things can mm. happen. And I entered into architectural photography about five years ago. It wasn't a trend then, right? And it was a little it was a little archaic with the way things were. Um, there was a really incredible circuit of twelve, mostly male photographers who were circulating and shooting around the country and the globe for some of the world's best shelter magazines. And shelter magazines are anything to do with house and home and garden, like Elle Decor and Architectural Digest and House Beautiful and Traditional Home and all of these incredible outlets that support creatives. Mm -hmm. And I knew at the time I wasn't good enough to shoot for them in-house. And they would be in-house and they would go on location and they'd come back and it would be this, you know, amazing process. Mm -hmm. And so just like industrial manufacturing, where I felt like the world was shifting in that capacity with the market, I also knew that advertising budgets were decreasing and print, unfortunately, was on a different path at this time. And I said, how can I be of service and how can I be of value here? Mm -hmm. And I started focusing on digital outlets, yeah, which then changed the game. And nobody was doing that at the time. Right. And my clients from A 50,000 Foot View are architects and designers and shelter magazines. Um, and I started thinking, how else can I provide value to my client? And so one of my friends introduced me to my first client. And it was her sister-in-law and it was her first project. And it was my first photography project. And I went in and I intuitively styled and I intuitively shot from room to room and we worked together and it was very synergistic and it was very joyful. And it's really incredible to be, to be part of someone's process when they're also growing their business. And so as a product of that, there was a really beautiful gallery for her to represent her her, you know, portfolio and build her portfolio. And then I said, okay, what else can I do here? And so I started pitching it to an editor. Yeah. And I shot my first project and got it placed with my first outlet. It's amazing. And then I it clicked and I was like, okay, if I can provide value and expand her footprint, it had nothing to do with me. I wanted to get her more business. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I pursued my business. And that's the way I've been pursuing my business for the past five years. Very service-oriented and really building other people's businesses. And I have. And it's, and I've been able to create a really incredible amount of momentum for my clients in that capacity.
1: And you've been featured. Your work has been featured, <laughs> I feel like, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere where what would you call them? Um, what are the magazines? Shelter. Magazines. Yeah. Everywhere where shelter magazines are sold. <laughs> so, um, and then you traveled all over the world.
0: Yeah. All over the country. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it was just this natural manifestation. Of, yeah. Of just
0: following. I know it sounds so cliche, but following your heart and really trying to be collaborative mm-hmm. and community based mm-hmm. and, um, vulnerable and vulnerable and believing in yourself and, embracing some of those mistakes and really putting your state of creativity out there full force. And that was my priority. And that's what brought me joy. And I did so also in a capacity where I started using what was free, you know, marketing mm-hmm. the internet. Yeah. Is at scale? Yeah. And I did so not to build an audience. I don't believe in that, I did it first to see if I could do it. It was my own litmus test of vulnerability of, okay, can I do this? Can I share an image that I took that's deeply personal to me Mm -hmm. that I find beauty in stillness and represents maybe a certain level of emotion for me out there? That's my baby. You know, can I put that out there? And I did to get over that initial fear of putting myself out there. And then I said, okay, I want to build a community based on love and acceptance and unity and solidarity. And that's what's been so rewarding because I do it not to have an audience or look at me mentality. I do it to share, okay, this is what's not working for me. This is what's working for me today. You know, I've had a tough week and this is the intention I'm setting and maybe it can help somebody else out there to recalibrate and pause and be more present. Yeah. So it's been it's been a beautiful process. And again, the world meets you with where you are when you're starting to listen to yourself mm-hmm. and when you're coming from a place of love, when you're coming from a place of service and community and, and connecting to your heart. Because I really believe that we are all connected despite our differences. And we all have unique gifts to offer the world And when we are sharing those truths and when we're sharing those gifts with the world, you are such a light, Julie, Mm -hmm. and you share your passion for lifting other people up and sharing other people's stories. And we do that, we create kinder, more loving communities around us. And that's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's how we met. Yeah. And we met on,
0: (laughs) we met on social
1: media. Hey there. Yeah, (laughs) we did. I think yeah, we just found each other yeah. and started following each other. And I didn't, I don't think I even realized that you lived in Tennessee yeah, in Nashville, which is where I am from. Yeah. And I was in LA at the time, but that's how we met. And I just, I felt very, um, connected to you and connected to your story and connected to your intentionality and how you were showing up. And, you know, um, you're so good on Instagram stories. I mean, for anyone that's not following Alyssa yet. That's listening. I mean, just watch her on stories. I mean, it's so real, like there's no strategy behind it. it. It's just, but you are, you're so good on stories, meaning you're, you, you create a story. Thank you. And I think that that's what people forget. It's Instagram stories Yeah. and you do, you, you just really create a story about everything that you share.
0: Well, it's, I'm always trying to share what's inspiring me. So if I'm having a day that I don't feel inspired, I then look within and I'm like, okay, what's wrong with me? Because I need to be, you know, I'm, I am constantly creating Mm -hmm. and having to produce Mm -hmm. from my heart. And so if I'm not feeling creative or inspired, then I need to unplug. But I also feel a large responsibility for myself and for others to share the things that are inspiring me. Cause I know that that's going to help somebody connect to what's inspiring them. Yeah. And I want everybody to have good days. Yeah. You know, we're allowed to have really crappy days and, you know, sometimes through those shadow moments, that's what's grounding. But from there we need to, we need to head towards that light.
1: When are the times that you are in your, I mean the creative flow I get, where are the creative fluxes? for you or when you, when you start to feel out of alignment, when you feel like the shadow, you can't see
0: the light. Stress. Stress does it. So, um, we haven't gotten to this point, but I just Turned in my first manuscript for Mm -hmm. my first book. Which you're going to be talking a
1: lot lot about too. (laughs)
0: Um, And Um, yeah, let's
1: let's let's chat about it. Let's go there. The process of that. Not stressful at all. No. No, not at all. I mean, it just, you just woke up and it just started flowing out of you, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just like with everything else. So I think my life is marked by the things that scare me. So if it scares me, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's what drives me. So I thought. I'll never be able to write a book. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, got to write a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So then I'm like, okay, I'll never get a book deal. Got a book deal. Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, Now I've got to get a book deal. Now I've got to get a book deal. Got a book deal. So then got the book deal. And then I went to hiding for literally three weeks. (laughs) That was so freaked out. Like now I have to write said book. Now I have to write said book, you know, insert my favorite four letter word. (laughs) Right. Right. And, um, that was a really beautiful moment because just like photography at the time, it took me out of myself and really connected me to my heart. This book writing process did the exact same thing in a brand new way. Mm. And I went through this ebb and flow of fear, getting through the fear Working through the fear, embracing the fear, making fear work for me. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then really trying to find my voice and connect to that voice and share that voice. Cause I know if it was anything other than that, it's not gonna have wings. Right. right. And it was really this creative incubation period of six months of just protecting my energy. And this is where I learned something really invaluable, creative tension, and then managing your energy more so than time. Mm. So share, share about creative tension. And so creative tension, I'm writing on a deadline. I have a big book deadline and I'm not only writing my book, I'm photographing for my book. So I basically, you're doing the design (laughs) and the illustration too. I took on two jobs (laughs) for the price of one. (laughs) You're welcome. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and um this creative tension ah uh- It's really hard to produce when there's stress involved. And there's really hard, it's really hard to create in a state of stress. Yeah. That's the biggest killer. That's the biggest buzz killer of all. Which I feel is how 99.9% of us tend to work from. Or live. Or live. Living in this survival mode. I don't want to live in this survival mode. Yeah. And so through the creative tension, it really was a conduit of self-care. What can I do to really create an environment internally that I can produce and be a creative and have my authentic voice and really have, you know, things flow for me. And so it was really a morning check-in an afternoon check-in and an evening check-in. And my morning check-in starts with me getting out of the bed, being grateful for the pillow supporting my head the the floor underneath my feet, going into the shower and then asking myself a few questions. You know, how am I going to show up for myself today? How am I going to connect to my heart space today? How am I going to show up for the world around me today? And at the time it was through my words. I want these words to resonate with every human out there and every creative and I'm very female driven and I want every young girl to be able to see herself on these pages. And I want these words to resonate with her heart, to step into her power and her truth and come from that place of love and believing in herself. And so that was a really good start. You know, my, my My intention, my intention. Um, and I found that writing in the morning was really great for me. And that's where I felt, found my cadence and afternoon check-in what's bringing me energy, what's depleting me of energy, how can my breath work support my energy here and the things that are bringing me joy and Mm. to pause and to continue to create a place of presence with the things that I'm doing. Mm. And then at night it came in the form of some tub time, truly, you know, putting, um, some bath salts in and having a meditation and figuring out what worked for me that day, what didn't work for me. And, uh, visualizing preferred outcomes at times yeah. and releasing the things that didn't serve me and setting a really incredible stage of what I wanted to visual visualize for the day ahead. Mm. Yeah. It's a beautiful practice.
1: Thank you. It's kind of, it's reminded me, it's really of like, what makes you feel
0: expansive yeah. and then what makes you feel small contracted? yeah, Yeah. And, um, there is somebody in the book who I have tremendous respect for and her name's Alex Al. Mm -hmm. I haven't gone into a lot of who's in the book or who's participated, but I'm really grateful and humbled and grounded by the people who have poured their heart and soul into this project as well. And she has her personal mantra, which is be bold and be big. And I love that expansiveness, yeah. and she is very rooted in a very soulful, loving way. And so, we need to be doing things that are bold and big. Yeah, <laughs> you know, every day. <laughs> and so, what is
1: um, what is this book? I mean, obviously, you're going to have photography. You mentioned that you're yeah photographing it as well. So, what is the premise of the book?
0: The premise of the book is called the New Southern, and it's been I just it's changed me. And it's been such a transformative process. And the book is supporting and championing creative entrepreneurs with old and new ties to the South. It's a progressive lifestyle and design movement. And it's really honoring our past, but doing things in brand new ways based on creative prosperity and unity and solidarity and acceptance. and. I had this vision of the book a long time ago because I'm a young Jewish woman and I moved to the South and I didn't feel very accepted or welcomed. And it wasn't until I found my creativity, that creative cadence opened up a brand new world of community for me. And so politics aside, it's what unifies us and our creative spirit unifies us mm. art brings people together music brings people together food brings people together podcasts bring people together writing brings people together and this is a m- movement based on solidarity and despite our differences making the world a better place through our creativity
1: mm. i love it so beautiful um so through this process of you know corporate Life. Yeah. Cancer. Yeah. Um, relationships, yeah. you know, leaving leaving the husband, finding the husband again, <laughs> marrying the husband, um, you know, moving around, traveling the world working, writing a book. Yeah. What is next in terms of your creativity and in terms of where you feel where you feel
0: guided? I'm very much in this phase right now. I think we always listen to podcasts where people are there. They're nailing it. They go from point A to B. And I want to stress the importance of your transition point. Mm. I have hit really incredible milestones, not only for myself, but for my clients with my photography career. And I will always be shooting architecture. I will always be working. That is the bread and butter of what I do. Mm -hmm. That is my lifeline. Um, now I'm an soon to be author and that's a beautiful thing. And I think giving yourself the space to grow into what's next is a really important thing and allowing that space and not being defined by what you thought success was Mm -hmm. or what your initial goals were starting out. And so with the new Southern, this is a really beautiful community-based project and right now my team and I are coming up with really incredible incentives and programs to make it even further a community-based project with really incredible give back programs and so those things I'll be announcing soon but they're very much in this organic grassroots growth phase for me right now um what's next living from my heart i know that sounds ridiculous but i'm only going into the things that motivate me from a from a heart place not a head place heart equity is really important to me right now and it's coming from a place of how can i use my skill set the way in which i see the world through my lens to better somebody else's world and so i'm really interested in like young girls right now who may not have opportunities. And I'm trying to figure out ways that I can better serve them and provide tools. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's teaching them photography. Maybe that's, you know, helping provide educational resources there. And I I get emotional, but this book has been um, transformative. You know, we, the South is a uh, really beautiful place. There's a lot of grit and soul in this community. There's a really guilty past here too. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that apologize for it and see how we can better young women and men in this community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the energy, <laughs> We're of, still
0: crying. I know. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I love that you brought that up because I feel like the energy of the South is that survival mm-hmm. and resilience and mm-hmm. endurance and grit And soul and soul, but it comes from both sides. Yeah. Of, of a lot of, you know, racial and socioeconomic and there's a lot there energetically.
0: Yeah. So with creativity, I know it's not the end all be all, but I am wanting to push forward acknowledging race relations and gender equality and civil liberties and that's so important in this part of the country, especially I feel a, a large responsibility with it. So I'm still navigating how I can be the utmost of service here. Yeah, And that's a beautiful place to be in for me yeah. is approaching that with a deep curiosity, a deep willingness to learn, moving past judgments and saying, hey, I have the same beating heart is you sitting across the table and how can I help you and what can we do together?
1: Yeah. I think it was Glennon Doyle, who I love who said, um, tell me what you're afraid of and I'll tell you what you should do, what you should create. And then tell me what you, what breaks your heart and I'll tell you who you should be serving. Yep. And I love that.
0: Oh, that is beautiful.
1: Alyssa, I would love for you to give us some experience, strength and hope on the idea. If there's someone that's listening today and they just feel so helpless. Yeah. You know they they are saying, "You know, Alyssa, I hear you and I want that for me so bad. I want to be able to have space. I want to be able to have time. I want to be able to find my purpose and to live my calling mm-hmm. and to, you know, be able to be free enough to explore my creative endeavors." Mm-hmm but I don't know how, or I have circumstances that are not allowing me to do Mm -hmm. so. What would be your experience and your strength and your hope for that person?
0: I would hope that they could go within themselves and do one new thing a day that scares them. Look within and say, okay, and it could be as easy as sending an email. It can be as easy as sending a direct message on social media. It can be as easy as simple as taking five minutes for yourself and journaling your intentions and your purpose, because when your behavior matches your intention and purpose in changing internally, I promise you certain things will start to align externally and meet you with where you are. And it starts with you. Nobody's going to do it for you. And that's the biggest thing I can say is In order for you to make your own change occur, you have to be the one to do it. Nobody's going to meet you and do it for you. Mm. And I just, I want everyone listening today to start saying simple things like, I am love. I believe in myself. I have my own truth to give to the world, to give to my children, to give to my friends, to give to my community. And I can create the change that I want to see out there. With myself first start there i mean i think it's so simple but in order to see external change you have to change your own inner dialogue you have to release limiting beliefs you have to dismantle those fears and you have to make a choice every single day that's different from the last i mean you really have to go within yeah
1: it's beautiful Thank, Thank you. you.
0: And back to your quote. I mean, it's true. I pursue the things that scare me. Those are the things that connect me to my purpose. My fears are also very synonymous to my dreams. Mm-hmm. They're one and the same, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And you have to move towards it and use it as a tool and not let it debilitate yourself. I get. I get probably... I get a lot of messages every day. How do you do this? Or how can I do this? And a lot of messages of gratitude too. And you have to be your own hero and your own leader in life. Yeah. And you are the best person to have your own answers and you know what to do. You're just not doing it yet. Yeah. And journaling is a really powerful tool, and making that a practice every day is really beautiful and making also understanding the things that are serving you and working for you every day. You know, we if you focus, what you focus on expands. So if you focus on what's not working for you, you're probably going to have more of that. Right. <laughs> but if you focus on what is working for you and what is bringing you energy and what's bringing you joy and what's lighting you up. Write those things down. Be grateful for those things and pursue more of those moments. Mm. Yeah, gratitude.
1: Mm -hmm. So where can people find you
0: (laughs) in the interwebs (laughs) if they haven't already? In the the interwebs. Um, You can find me. I have a website. It's AlyssaRosenheck.com. You can find me on Instagram, which is like my moving love journal. Yes. (laughs) At Alyssa Rosenheck and um i ask people to keep their eyes out for my book coming out fall 2020 Yes. southern i'm
1: so excited for it Thank i know you. you've been working so diligently yeah. and so long yes. on it and i know that it's been such a uh, journey a journey of love and discovery and forgiveness and so much so i'm so excited for it and i'm just in awe of you oh, and i'm so proud I of you, you. and Thank i you. love you being and I just feel so grateful to have you in my life oh. and to be born
0: at the same time. Well, you're amazing. that makes sense. You're a light in this world, and so I are think you. we, um, I think when we're living in that place where our heart and our actions and our passions are all all in alignment, it connects us and. I wouldn't be sitting here today if that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. and you're a light. And I think if we dig deep and continue to pursue the light within us, it opens the world up to beautiful people, beautiful communities, and a lot of good change and growth. What does influence mean to you? Oh, my goodness. That's a good question. I feel like influence, I think when we have a great vision of the future and we're inspired by that, And we're living in a place of love, deep love. We're stepping into our truth. And that's when our actions and our thoughts and our passions and our heart are all in alignment. Oh, that is when you are creating deep inspiration and it creates a ripple effect. It inspires other people to do the same, to live in their light, to live in their truth, to share their truth, to share their gifts. And that's influence. Hmm thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for being here
1: today. (laughs) So grateful. And for just holding such amazing space for us and our incredible community who is with us right now listening, (laughs) which
0: is just so amazing. I love you guys so much. Yeah. All right. Thank Thank
1: you. Thank you. Bye. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the influencer podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week. Next time on the influencer
0: podcast, the connecting with people genuinely, I would say is not vastly different than we think about DMs on Instagram or instant messenger on Facebook. It's, it's a similar concept about being authentic and reaching out to the right people for the right reasons and not trying to hard sell them or hard sell yourself like within original communications, right? So...